Chaos should not be living in the life of a believer. Silence that chaos, which means the, wo the voice of the enemy trying to taunt you. Oh, it's never going to work out. Trying to torment you. Oh, well, you know what? They're going to always be like this. They're never, never going to recover. They're never returning. And it's your fault. That tormentor, silence the chaos. Say, I'm silencing the chaos today. Okay, now let's go to Genesis 22, because this is our main text today. Abraham's offering of Isaac. I'm sure most of you know this story. See, during his most difficult trial, most difficult trial, his test of faith proved that Jehovah Jireh was his only source. During his most difficult test of time. In other words, everything that could be shaken was being shaken. And because he allowed the perfect will of God, in other words, because he allowed himself to trust God at his word and to be in complete obedience to what the spirit of the living God said, because he was willing to walk when he didn't know what was going to come next. But he trusted that God's promises are yes and amen. He trusted that God has already spoken and God is faithful to bring it to pass. Amen. Because of that, Abraham received such a great blessing that that blessing transfers unto us that have been grafted in. Somebody say amen. That's a good, that's good news. Uh, the blessings of Abraham are ours. So let's read in, in verse 1. It says, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. A Abraham means father of a multitude. Father of a multitude. Before his name was Abram. But he changed his name. God said, I know who you are, and I know what I've spoken unto you, and I changed your name. You're going to have a greater increase. Father of a multitude. How many of you would say, God's done that for me. I know he's changed my name. Literally, like change your name, like spoken promises unto your life that you know you're walking in a new way, higher way, increased, increased way. He says, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Verse 2. Then he said, take now your son, your only son. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. This is what the Lord told him in his quiet time, right? Isaac, which means laughter. Because Sarah laughed when the announcement came that you were going to be giving birth. Now Isaac means laughter. God does not do any, there's no happenstance, there's no coincidences. You know the Lord? says in his word that Moriah means the Lord is my teacher. Now listen to this. Take your only son, Isaac, of which means laughter, because your wife laughed when the announcement of birth came about, and your son whom you love, your only son, and go to the land of where the Lord will teach you. The Lord is your teacher. You may not understand right now, but you're going to go to the land of Moriah, but the Lord is going to teach you something. The Lord is going to show you his faithfulness. He's going to show you his right hand, and that his right hand is valiant. Amen? 
And he does the same for us. He does the very same thing in our life. Say, God's going to provide. God will provide. Let's go to verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning. He obeyed. Say, he obeyed. He obeyed. He rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took the, um, two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he went. He split the wood for the burnt offering, and they went. Verse 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Look at verse 5. Abraham said to the young men, stay here. He goes. He goes on this journey. He looks ahead and he goes, there it is. He lifts his eyes and he sees it afar off. And then he says to the, to the men that he went with him, he said, stay here. Stay here with the donkey. Listen to the spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? He could have been turmoil. He could have, been, he could have had so much turmoil at that moment. He could have been so distraught. He could have been so distraught. What do you mean, Lord? You promised me many sons. And I have this son of promise. And you want me to do what? You No. He went and he obeyed knowing that God is faithful. Somebody hear the word of the Lord today. God is faithful in your circumstances. God is faithful in the lives of your children and grandchildren. God is faithful. Stop looking at the situation. Abraham didn't look at the situation. He trusted God with the fullness of what God was doing. He said, stay here with your donkey, and the lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back, and we will come back. Listen, listen what happened here. Look, look. He said, stay here. Verse 5. Are we all in verse 5? Okay. He says, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder, and we will worship, and we will come back. Do you see the three points that are right there in that one, in that one sentence? He says, remove yourself from the chaos. Some of you guys just need to remove yourself from the chaos. And that chaos might be in your own brain. And if it's in your own brain, then make sure you get rid of that chaos. Silence it. Silence it. Say, I'm silencing the chaos, and I command it to leave me. So he removed himself from that scenario, didn't he? He says, I'm taking my son, and I'm walking out. I'm walking away from this for a moment. In other words, sometimes you have to have such spiritual depth awareness of what's going on. Not that you turn your back on God, but sometimes the noise that is outside is so loud that you need to literally say, I'm taking a break for a moment. I'm stepping outside. I'm going over here where I can hear, where I can breathe, where I can think. And so you have to have spiritual discernment to know when to do that, right? You haven't turned your back on God. As a matter of fact, you just pressed in even more. You've pressed in even more. Because you discern something. Smells like a skunk. Smells like the enemy's assignment is all around me. Smells like some assignment. I need to make sure I'm hearing from the Lord 100%. There's no room for error. How many of you have been in that scenario? Many times. Many times. So, number one, remove yourself from the chaos. Number two, he said, we're going to go worship. We're in verse five. We're going to go worship. When you worship... And you have your arms lifted, and your spirit is worshiping, praising the Lord your God. God is fighting your battles. He is aligning the things that need to be aligned. He's defeating your enemies. He says your worship is literally breaking the strongholds, is literally breaking off the chains. How many of you believe that today? 
powerful. Well, if you believe it, you receive it. If you don't, you don't. You, if you believe the word of the Lord, you will receive it in its entirety. And if you don't, you lack. So I take authority over any unbelief in the room right now. Because if you've come to this service, and, and, and if this is your first time or second time, and, and you're here, hearing the sound of my voice, then you know what, you're my, you are my responsibility for the however many hours that we have together. And if I see, if I see or sense a spirit that's blocking you from hearing fully, I take authority over that right now. I command the spirit of unbelief to go right now. I command right now any stubborn spirit, religiosity to be broken off of you right now. Pride to be removed right now. You'll hear the word of the truth, the word of the Lord, which is truth. You're going to walk out changed. You're going to walk out filled with, with the faith of God, not walking in fear and doubt. But you're going to walk in the faith of God. Say, I'm the full. I'm walking in fully the faith of God. Fully in the faith of God. And no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I thank you, Lord God. Sometimes I just need to remove myself from the situation. In other words, sometimes I just need to move away and say, chaos, shut up and get out. I'm going to go worship for a moment. I'm going to go worship the Lord my God for a moment. You know, some people go, I'm trying to worship, but I just can't. What do they need to do at that moment? Chaos, get out. You know, some people are pressing in, but then people just try to press in doing the same old, same old thing. No, take authority. Command that thing to go. You have to command it to go. That's an assignment that came to you from the enemy, and then press into worship. Don't forget to do that. Don't forget, because the enemy is crafty, and he tries to, he, he comes in crafty ways. So, so we're going to be wise. So remove yourself from the chaos. Worship God. And then look at verse, same verse, but at the end of the, of the verse 5. And we will come back to you. And we will come back to you. He's, he's being prophetic here. He says, we're going to come back to you. Wait a minute. I thought, I thought that, didn't you hear what the Lord said in your lovely quiet time? Didn't you hear what the Lord said in your lovely quiet time? Take your, own, take your only son. Your one son, your only son. Didn't, didn't you hear? Did you miss what the Lord said? Did you miss that he said, offer him as a burnt offering? Did you, did you miss what the intention? He, say, he says, I may have heard that, but I know that I have a God that is on the inside of me that is never going to give me something that he says, I'm going to take that which is good away from you. If it's good, it's mine. Say, if it's good, it's yours. And the enemy would try to taunt you and steal from you. And the reason why so many Christians don't have is because they listen to the wrong voice in the midst of the problem. They listen to the wrong voice in the midst of the problem. And they wonder, why did the turnaround happen? Why did I get off track? What happened when I had the promise of God? You stop listening to the voice of the Lord at one point in time. And you let the enemy come and deceive you. And then you opened up that door because deception brought in more deception. Three points out of verse 5. I could have opened up the Bible in verse 5, and I could have just said, Abraham said to the young men, sit here with the donkey and, and the lad, and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. I could have made a whole message on that one verse. I already gave you three points in one verse. Did you hear it? Remove yourself from the chaos, number one. Number two, worship God. Number three, the Lord says, let God bring you back. Let God bring you back. He said, we're going back. Let God bring you back. And don't listen to the enemy's lies. So verse 6, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac and took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. Abraham was prepared to do what he believed God was telling him to do. Right? But Isaac 
spoke to Abraham, his father, and he said, my father, here I am, my son. And he said, look, the fire and the wood, they're here. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Never once did this son, never once did this son question the integrity of his dad, of his father. We need to know our God so well that we never once question his faithfulness to us. That we never once question the integrity of his heart towards his own that he has created in his own image and in his own likeness. Don't ever once doubt or question the goodness of God in your own life. Let today be a day of turnaround. This son never questioned the intentions of his own father. But the scenario would have posed a different, a different picture. Why are you carrying the wood? Why is there a knife in your hand? And what's with the fire, dad? Right? Never once did he question, hmm, am I the target? Am I the offering? Never once. He trusted him. Look at verse 8. And Abraham answered his son, and this is what he said. He said, my son, God will provide himself. Say, God will provide himself. Let's say that again a little more confident. God will provide for himself. So God will provide for himself the lamb. He says, the lamb for a burnt offering. So I want you to go back now, and I want you to look at two scriptures, verse 8 and verse 14. Verse 8, he said in verse 8, Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself. Abraham also didn't question the fact that God's promises are going to come to pass. He says, I may not know how. I may not know the fullness, but I know this one thing. God is not an Indian giver. He doesn't say one thing and then go back and say, no, just kidding. No, I changed my mind. And so he knew there was going to be somehow, some way God was going to provide. Now listen, he spoke this word prophetically to his son, right, in verse 8. He spoke. He said, God will provide a miracle to Isaac. But look, jump down to verse 14. Jump down to verse 14. Because after it was all said and done, when the ram was caught in the thicket, and when they saw that God provided for this sacrifice with his own ram, he says, I'm going to provide a ram. I'm going to provide that which is caught in the thicket. And we know Jesus is the perfect, spotless lamb of God right? And he provides this ram, and he says, I'm going to provide for you, and there's going to be, he's going to be caught in the thicket. But look at verse 14, because now he sees the provision of the Lord. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. Say, the Lord will provide, which is Jehovah Jireh. As it is said this day, the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. God, if God can provide a ram that's caught by its horns in the bushes, what is it that you feel is impossible or difficult in your own situation? He told them, you're going to go, you're going to sacrifice your son. But before he already gave him a promise before, don't you know God tests you at the very word that you've already received? 
How many of you received a word of the Lord, of prophecy, a beautiful word, and then you were tested, and then you were tested again, and then when you thought you could be tested all that you could be tested, you were tested again, and God was faithful every single time, and that is why you can stand and say, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider. If he said it, he's going to make sure it comes to pass. So let's go back to verse 8, because I, I wanted you to see verse 14 in comparison with verse 8. 8 and 14, he tells his son, prophetically, God's going to provide. But then we see, after it's all said and done, how he says, look, the Lord provided. How many of you can say, wow, that same thing happened to me? I spoke in faith. I stood in faith. Oh, I didn't know the whole of fullness of it, but I refused to let the enemy have his way. When he kept telling me it was too late, when he kept telling me it's too long, when he kept telling me, oh, you might as well just forget it, when everything looked an opposite way, Instead of looking at that, you said, what am I saying? The Lord is going to provide. I thank you, Lord, you're faithful. I thank you, Lord God. I may not know the fullness, but I know you're going to show it to me. And then the day came. And then the day came where you saw the fullness of God, where you saw the provision. And you said, then you turned around and you looked at all of them and you said, the Lord God is my provider. Hallelujah. How many of you guys would say amen? Been there believing him constantly for the fullness of God. That's something to get excited about. That's something to get excited about. Amen? Stirring it up in your heart. Stirring it up. The promises of God are yes and amen. Stirring them up in your heart. Father of a multitude. And God tested him. And God tests us. So many healings. Do you not think? That the enemy will try to come and test and put doubt. And the Lord also testing. Do you not think for a moment? Oh, no. But we won't stand for it. As a matter of fact, I know what he's showing me. That's why I'm telling you guys along the way. So you're going to remember and go, wow, I remember when she said that. I remember when she said, why do you think I tell for For my good? But for all of ours. And so that every demon in hell realizes you're defeated, and defeated you will stay. Jesus has already gained access and already had victory by nailing. When he was nailed to the cross, you were disassembled, literally disassembled. In other words, his power was removed from him. Yeah, it's powerful. When you received Christ, well, when Jesus was nailed to the cross, you, you, you were too. You died. When you said yes to Jesus, you received Jesus, his nailing was your nailing, spiritually. But we must choose to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh, and let the spirit of God lead our steps every single moment. Because I'll tell you, the only people that get shortchanged are the people that don't understand how to walk in the spirit, and what happens is they start to gratify the desires of the flesh. This is all Bible. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, open up your Bible and read it. It is all Bible. We're not going to gratify the desires of the flesh, no matter how hard that pull may be, no matter how scary you, it may be, no matter how fearful you may feel. Like you may feel like you, it's the world against you. In other words, it's just the opposition is so strong. 
but that's when you need to say to the chaos, what? What? What do you need to say to the chaos? Silenced and get out of here. Get out of here. Silence. Go. And then you're going to worship. And after you worship, you're going to prophesy. What did he do? He prophesied. He says, we're coming back. We're, we're going to come back. But I need to go over here and worship for a moment. I, I want you to camp out on verse 5 even when you go home because I'm telling you the three points that I just made in, in that one passage. If you just do that one scripture and the three points that we pulled out from that one scripture, your life would be different. Your life will look different. God is our provider. Look at, look at, let's go down to, because let, let's go down to verse 16. So he says, and he says, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing. Wow. He says, because you have done this thing and you have not withheld your son. You didn't withheld, you didn't withhold your son. In other words, you were willing to do whatever I asked as, as, as horrendous. I mean, as hard as it may. God is not into aborting and killing, by the way, okay? It, it, that is not the heart of God. It is never the heart of God to, to bring forth, yes, murder. It, it's never the heart. That is not God. But God will test you to see at, your, at, at the greatest point place of fear in your heart. Will you trust me if I don't answer you right away? If my answer seems confusing, if it looks like it's going the wrong direction, will you trust me? You have to know the nature of God, that God's nature is loving, that God's nature, he's kind, that God's nature, that he wants to bring you to a better place, higher place. He wants to increase what he's already entrusted you with as he sees you've been faithful with what he has given you. We have to know the nature of God, but we also have to be able to trust him fully and completely even when it doesn't make sense. How many of you would say it doesn't make sense right now, but I choose to trust God? Raise your hand if that's you right now. It doesn't make sense right now. Or I don't like what I'm sensing or I see right now, but I'm trusting God. That right there, that right there, that statement that you've just made, it doesn't make sense or I don't like what I'm seeing, but I trust him anyway. That's where he wants you to be. That's where he wants you to be, trusting him fully. And not only that, but then you go to that next level and say, but God, you said, but God, you said that all of my children will be taught of the Lord. Lord, you said, Father God, you said, Father God, that as we lay our hands on the sick, they're going to recover. Lord, you said that we have the authority to bind. We have the authority to loosen. You said all authority has been given unto us, not some. So when you stand on the word of the Lord and you say, wow, this is powerful, Lord God, no matter what, even in, if I'm afraid, I'm going to do it afraid, but I'm not going to shrink back from obeying the voice of the Lord. Because you have done this and you have not withheld your son, your only son, that which is the most cherished thing, you have not withheld. You haven't kept that from me. Sarah, God is saying this message is so applicable to you right now. Right now, in the midst of the craziness, of the turmoil, of the fear, God says, I want you to trust me with your son. Your only son, I want you to trust me. 
He says, in blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants. Look at this. God wants to bless you so that you become a blessing for other people. He's saying, I want you to be a blessing for other people. He says, descendants will be blessed because of you. And it says that the gates, he says, they're going to possess the gates of, of their enemies. The gates of their enemies. How many of you say, well, you know, that's what I've been praying, that they wake up and that they possess those gates that are keeping them barred up right now. They may be barred up right now, but they're going to take those gates down. They're going to take those gates down. They're going to possess the gates where the enemy tried to invade them and lock them up, but they're going to possess those gates. Just like David went forth them. And when he killed Goliath with Goliath's own sword, he didn't need to come in with weaponry. He already had the armor of the Lord. When he went and he chopped off the head of that giant, of that bully spirit, and he did so with his own weaponry. In other words, with the weaponry of the enemy, he actually took off the head of the giant. Right? Amen? What does that mean? That means God is going to cause you to be victorious in the battle that you find yourself in right now today. And though you may feel like you are not fully equipped or pre prepared, God says, I'm going to allow the enemy's um, weapons and such what they have to actually be used by you. And as a matter of fact, you're going to decapitate. You're going to remove that which the enemy tried to do unto you. This is for you as you're standing in faith. It is for you. And the whole time, the whole time, the enemy doesn't know how to come against you. He's, he's confused. Does not know. Because it's not the way you normally fight a battle. In the natural, that is. But we don't walk in the natural. People look at the natural, and they go, well, this is how you go to war. There's truth to it. We can learn from it. That's not where we get our information from, though. That's not where we get our assignments from, though. We get our assignments from the spirit of the living God. And if he tells you, I just want you to bring five stones and only use one of them, then you're going to bring five stones and only use one of them, even though you're facing a great giant that is full of armor. Right? so important that we faith rises up faith rises up it's the only way that we please god abraham pleased god because he was a man of faith and he says that he pleased god and he was known as a friend of god 